0: Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah! Then you're in the right place.
1: I'm gonna make a man off again. Life
0: moves pretty fast. Welcome to the man paid grandpa.
1: yellow shirt just won't let it go. <laughs> it's so hot out there. I was outside in the sun all day. Right? I felt like Charlie Sheen the day he woke up and was like, I should probably go see him after. Don't tell me I more fuckers than I do. Yeah, it's, it's hot, man. But you know what? We don't even get winter anymore. It doesn't happen anymore. It's easy until like February and then you get a couple storms here and there. It's like being in court and the judge is like, you're going to jail. i like, oh no. And then he's like, "Oh well, wait, it's only for 28 days. And we look like OJ and every not-white person when they said not guilty, we're like... <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Oh wait, well, oh if it's rape. <laughs> But this heat, though, it brings out the crazies. There was this, I was outside having a cigarette. Anybody who smokes, you know if somebody is walking in stride and they see you smoking and they stop what they're doing and they head towards you, they want a cigarette. So this this Chetcheon guy comes up to me and I'm like, oh, can't you just let me die in peace? (laughs) But he asked me for my phone. I was like, oh, it's almost worse. So I gave it to him. I gave it to him and he sent the text and then he left and gave me back my phone, obviously. I kept the text. I'd like to share it with all of you. I don't know what this means. (laughs) Al's meal, I'm sorry about your leg, but it was vampire. That's it. The good news is, he's gone. The bad news, his backpack's still outside. Speaking of bombs, <laughs> the last time I was here, I was on the stage for an audition, and man, it was bad. And it was my fault. I had a bad set. But the worst part about it was there was this comic on stage, and sorry, I was sitting right where you are, right? And he was funny. I was laughing at everything he said. In the middle of his thing, he stops and goes, "Have you ever clicked on gay porn by accident?" <laughs> And he fucking killed the whole crowd went a while oh, okay. and he got mad at me and I was like when a man looks me in the eye and asks me did I click on gay porn by my accident I say no because <laughs> it's always deliberate <laughs> Orlando how are you supposed to support support the gay community no. <laughs>
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's podcast. This week, I have Sal Palladonato on. Sal, how you doing?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me on. No
0: problem. So uh, tell, the listen- tell the listeners a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, I'm a, I'm a stand-up comedian from New York City. Um, I'm also a carpenter. I'm a veteran. Um, yeah, I'm a husband and a dog owner. Yeah. No kids? Not yet. We just got, we just got married. This is our third month of marriage. Oh. So uh we're looking at houses and uh we would like to do that before kids, but the, we were in the doctors today and we definitely uh brought that up, you know. Yeah.
0: There you go. Uh, so uh tell the listeners uh how did you get into stand up comedy?
2: Hmm. I, I you know, I got asked this recently too uh for another interview. It's I don't know why I have trouble answering this. I uh, was I always loved it, uh, watching it, and I always fantasized doing it. And then um, it took, when I was, I don't know, I, I put down uh, my last drink when I was 28 and uh, kind of revamped my life, put a lot of uh, stuff away that kind of hindered me. That was always like my main focus. And I um, said to myself, well, you're turning 30 very soon, so you, you better get going. You know, it's going to have to be now because you're going to regret in the future if you don't try this out so that that's pretty much it and then i uh i looked up some open mics and then i i went i went to an open mic and i and i watched i went two weeks in a row and i just watched uh i was too scared to get up and then one week i uh, made the plan to go up and i did and then um it's been it's been like that since i've been uh, getting up ever since
0: yeah um how old are you now
2: i'm 32 i just turned 32 in uh july 18th actually yeah
0: i just turned 40 and I just started writing material because I want to try stand-up.
2: Oh, you should. You know, this was another thing, too. That's what I was scared of, that uh, it would be too late by 40. It was a really uh, irrational fear I had. I was like, I'll give it to 40, and then I'll give up. That's so dumb, because now that I'm getting closer to 40, it's like, that, that would be really stupid. You know, there's still way more you could do after 40. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of my friends actually won a Funniest Over 40 at Broadway Comedy Club the other day. Did he? You know.
0: Um. Yeah, the one thing that I'm like, you know, I'm afraid that I'm gonna go and bomb. You
2: know? Yeah, yeah, you will, and it's okay. You're supposed yeah. to. You're not supposed. It's not so. Sub- I remember before uh, my first open mic, I, I called into SiriusXM. Um, two comedians, I like uh, Rich Foss and his wife Bonnie McFarlane, they, they had a show called "My Wife Hates Me," and I called in, and I was like, "Tomorrow, I'm doing my first open mic, and I'm really nervous." And uh, they said to me, that the probably the the." Truest thing I've heard so far, and as far as advice with any of it is, um, they said, "What are you nervous about?" Uh, you're not—it's an open mic. Like, you're not going there to, to kill. You're not going there to do awesome. You're gonna do a million of them. Like it means nothing, and they're right. Like you're not supposed to be good your first time. You, you there's no way you possibly can be. You need to bomb. You need, and I still do sometimes, especially at open mics. You go—that's how you learn. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna suck for a very long time, and that's okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. I had a past comedian that came on that told me that. You know, you're not going to go on the first night and get a sitcom right away.
2: Oh, God, no. Probably not for, like... God, I don't know. It took Louis C.K. 30 years, you know? It's a very long... You get, you can't even think... I'm learning very quickly. I'm, I'm doing it almost... I'm in my third year. And, um, you know, I had a very... Uh, <sighs> A reality check this week. Uh, the one of the, the Broadway Comedy Club in Manhattan for over a year. That was the first club I ever did in Manhattan. You know, I've done a few clubs. I got Caroline's coming up next week, um, but Broadway was one that I did this audition there. It was an audition competition. I did it twice. I took second prize the first time, which you got nothing out of it. And then the second time, I took first prize. And that was—they call it—they call it a one-month performing residency, which really just means you don't have to bring people and you can get on stage one week for a, uh, once a week for a month. And then the culmination was that all these months later was I uh, they had their festival the other night. And it was uh, all of us throughout the year who had won that competition got in front of the owner. And the idea is if the owner likes you, he'll pass you. And now you can work at this club regularly. And I went on and I did the, I honestly could not have done anything better. like I've It was the perfect set. Like I, I killed. And I am happy with myself. I know I, I could not have done anything else to have make it, made it better and uh didn't hear anything for two days and then they put up this flyer the other uh yesterday and it was like my friend uh, got funny sober 40 i was tied for edgiest comic and i was i was annoyed you know i was mad because i was like what the fuck is this i i wasn't going on to be edgy i was going on to get a job you know and they categorized me in this thing and uh they also didn't you know allude to if anybody gets to work got passed at the club and then today they put up that somebody had won a six-month residency there and it was the guy who was it was a guy who went on first that night in front of me and i was it was like okay i worked well i worked multiple times at that place f- to get to that point i did the best i possibly could i i did my job perfectly and there was still no you know gratification for it so yeah fucking a sitcom that's not even that's something that's a fluke i, I you know what i want i want to work i want to pay my bills yeah. with it because it's rough working two jobs and doing it i want to uh I want to get on the road. I want to get a paycheck from that. You know, I want to just work. I want to be a working comic. I want to be able to do these huge clubs uh, that I'm finally getting to start doing without always having uh, to have uh, a guest with you or some type of. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, like you know, I have a you know, I have a job, I have a career. You know, I just started this podcast recently, and I'm having a blast doing this. But I've always wanted, to, like I said, I've always wanted to try stand up and. I'm not mm. like I'm not looking at the stand up world as, you know, that's what I'm going to go do for a living. But I just want to do it. And maybe I can just do it every weekend for the rest of my life. You know,
2: Oh, you absolutely could very easily. You could. And uh, that's the thing. It's like I when I when I was starting out, I remember my dream was to just be able to go into real clubs and perform on real shows. And then, uh, like I said, what just happened uh, this past week you know, I was uh, disgruntled and, and ungrateful about it. And that, that happens a lot where um, I'll find myself on stage at Danger Fields and I'll be annoyed about something. And it's like, you know, hey, dummy, like when, when you started out, you just wanted this. You know what I mean? You always want more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm actually I'm living the dream I had two years ago. And now I just I want more out of it. You know what I mean? like you could submit to festivals and you know I got to go perform out of state in South Dakota. I'll be doing Atlantic City in September. Like these are things like, were only they were they were so far away and scary and they how could they possibly be real. And now I'm getting them and I don't take the time to enjoy them. I take the time to go. This isn't exactly, you know, I wanted more. Why isn't this, you know? Yeah. It's very frustrating and stupid. I,
0: every day I want more and more. And there's nothing wrong by that either. That we want more in life.
2: No, you're right, but it's uh I don't know I I wish you luck you definitely gotta go it's gonna be so weird at first you're gonna see people who probably aren't that great but since they're just comfortable on stage you're gonna be like wow they're great you know and it's just something you just gotta keep doing I remember I used to get panicked for at least the first year and a half I would be very nervous going up at every single open mic that I did I would get very very nervous like nauseous nervous as nervous as I would get was when I go on a real show, and now it's um, open mics. Like, yeah, you want to do good in front of your peers, but you realize that open mics are just... It's a bunch of people also waiting to get on stage. They're probably not even really listening, and they're—and and open mics are really poor places to gauge if your material is good or not because they're in front of other comedians. You know what I mean? Like, uh, real shows is what you find out if it works, but by then you probably would have wanted to at least have done it at an open mic. You're not supposed to do new material at a real show, you know?
0: Yeah, I was... Um there's a comedy club that's open up in our area, and I was talking to one of the guys that performs all the time, and I told him how yeah. to try it, and he said... Um,
2: I'm, I'm sorry. My dog's barking. Our right. food just arrived. He said... Um, hey, stop, bud. I'm on I'm on microphone right now. There's an interview going on. Shh. Is, is this killing your audio right now? I'm sorry no, no, about that. No, all this.
0: right. I'll leave it on here. It's, it's better for the people. <laughs>
2: um, it's better for the people to hear my dog. There
0: you
2: go. Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so I was, you're in Massachusetts, right? Yeah. All right, so a, what what club you have out there?
0: We have the uh, Cabot Comedy Club.
2: And what city is this?
0: It's in uh, Chicopee. Okay. And um, it's about like I don't know, fifteen minutes away from me around there, twenty minutes. Mm. And then we have the Harford Funny Bone, which is about thirty minutes from here.
2: I heard of the Funny Bone, yeah.
0: And um, the, the when I was talking to the. One of the guys that works at the cabin when he was telling me when I mentioned open mic, he goes, "Don't do that. It's better for you to come here, like on a Thursday night, which they call it open mic, but it's not really. There's only like five or six comedians that go there and they do their material, and then that's it. You know, it's just a regular crowd that goes there, has drinks,
2: and is there in front of an audience. Yes, like a live, like an audience that's not just comedians. It's Correct. actually like, legit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's the best place." To do that. Uh, we, we See, I live in Staten Island, right? So we're a borough in New York City. So I technically say I live in New York City because I do. But Manhattan is like the city. On Staten Island, you know, I'm only 20 minutes by car from Manhattan. And that's where there's it's saturated. Millions of comedians, all the comedy clubs you could possibly want, all the big ones. On Staten Island, we have one comedy club. And it's closed all summer. Um, you know what I mean? So Why would it, it be closed during a, the summer?
0: You figured the yeah, summer would be the
2: i don't know apparently summer is the slower time for comedy and he has other businesses but uh we there's a comic book store here on Staten island called comic book jones and they're a really great store and we started an open mic there and it got to the point we couldn't really call it an open mic anymore because legit audience was showing up even though it was an open mic those are definitely anytime you get in front of a real audience that's definitely going to be the best feedback but you absolutely have to you have to do open mics you know what i mean like there's no getting around it
0: The Man Cave Chronicles, on Twitter at The MCC Podcast. We'll be right back.
2: Hey guys, Brian Padone here, founder of Quiet Punch. When I'm not listening to The Man Cave Chronicles, you can catch me filming one of my live workouts on quietpunch.com. Check it out today. That's quietpunch.com.
1: Rotoware.com. Rotoware. Big shout out to the Rotoware uh, company. they so
0: goddamn comfortable. Can't recommend them enough, man. Yeah. High quality t shirts. Shout out to Rotoware.com.
1: You see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that.
2: Where'd you get that? Rotoware?
1: That is courtesy of Rotoware. It's just it's just the highest quality of shirt. Yeah, I
0: really like the baseball designs you got here. The shirt is beautiful.
1: Everybody who I've talked to who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality is. Yeah, kid, I've seen you've been getting a lot of love. You said you've been only running for a little over a month. I DPS guys are tweeting out shirts. I'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere digging this guy's shirt. I
0: love the Run DFS shirt. It comes with baseball cards with all the different shirts on it. RotoWear on
1: Twitter. Check out RotoWear.com. Oh my God. Is this this shirt making love to me right now? Like what's going on? I love this shirt.
0: This is Adam Nutter. And this is Greg Trout, And we're Nerds with Words. And you are listening to the BS Podcast Network. Who are your favorite comedians? Like who do you look up to?
2: This is another weird question i am getting a lot lately because uh, when when I was getting... See, this is the thing. Like, now that I'm doing stand-up all the time, I'm not ever watching or listening to stand-up because I hear so freaking much of it. Like, it's all... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm constantly around it, so I'm not really going out of my way to... But, like, uh, when I was wanting to start doing it... Um, I like uh, Jim Norton was, was huge for me and this is why too because I'm listening to these comedians my favorite comedians now I'm listening to them on the radio I listen to them on Sirius XM every day I love their radio personas I'm not as much listening to like like Jim Norton he's a great stand up I don't enjoy his stand up as much as I enjoy him on Opie and Anthony or on his uh, radio show now as a as a radio personality Nick DiPaolo I'm loving him he's great. his show that he just got you know what I mean so uh, I love Nick DiPaolo Jim, this is another thing too like Jim Florentine He was on Opie and Anthony. I looked up to him a lot. I actually got to do a show with him finally recently. Uh, Rich Vaught, like all those guys that were in that crew, like the Tough Crowd crew, and the places I'm enjoying them the most, like these are the guys I look up to because they all perform at the Comedy Cellar as well as all over the country. But the Comedy Cellar in Manhattan is the place they all go to work out their material. It's their hangout, and uh, I look up to all those guys. Like I don't know Louis C.K. Obviously, I hate to give that answer, but he's just so fucking good. You know, like there's no getting around that.
0: I, uh, I saw Louis C.K. last summer. It was one of the best shows I've been to.
2: It was yeah. We, my wife and I, we went and saw. He was like one of the first comedians to sell out Madison Square Garden, if not the first. And we went and saw him there too. And it's a, it's it's a different experience though in a huge room like that. But yeah, he's just always good. Like he's never gonna have a bad a bad performance anymore. You know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. One of the things I like listening to, I I heard about it recently, and I went back and listened to it. It's called the uh, The Day the Laughter Died by Andrew Dice Clay. It's on YouTube, you could check it out. It's an album he put out. It was from the nineties when he was he was the biggest comedian in the world and he showed up to Dangerfields and decides, I'm gonna go on. You know, like he's so famous. Everybody's gonna know who he is. He goes, I'm gonna go on and I'm not gonna do any of my material that is famous right now. He just went off the top of his head and he was bombing, bombing horribly. People were walking out. That's what I like listening to now as a comic. I like to hear like that that you know, in, in the moment, this is what the reality of it is. Yeah. type shit you know yeah
0: um so i listened to the podcast that you're on with our, our buddy adam there uh nerds with words yeah 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 um and he, you guys talked how you opened for uh jim florentine and, and you opened for rich voss is that correct
2: i hosted for rich voss i opened for florentine and actually right before you called me i just got booked in atlantic city to be on a show with jim florentine again yeah yeah
0: um how do you uh how do you and adam know each other you guys have a story with that
2: too, right? Yeah, all right. So what happened was I told you I started going to open mics, right? And uh, I did that for like a, I don't know, a few months, maybe once a week, yeah. a few weeks maybe. And then, I don't know, I was working a lot and I wasn't really honing my craft or learning what, what I'm good at, whatever. And I, I just didn't do it for like months, months and months and months. And I was hosting the comic book jones podcast that the comic book store is telling you about and they brought him on and he was like oh i do stand up and i was like yeah i started doing it and i just haven't been back up in months and he's like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna bring you up and we went to stand up new york together one day he drove me and we did an open mic together and we started hanging out like that and then i had him on my podcast The slant and um i remember like uh he got this is it's funny. I hate telling this story because Adam's a great guy, but like he he enjoyed it. He enjoyed it so much. He's like, hey man, I'll come back next week, and you know I'll, I'll be on a lot. And but like without us in, inviting him to do so, not that that would be a problem. I remember my co-host at the time took like umbrage to that. He was like, what the fuck, you know. And uh, so it was like this little negative connotation that happened with Adam right then and there. But I went on Adam's podcast, Nerds with Words, version one, when he still lived here in New York and Staten Island. It was in his parents' basement. And he introduced me to uh, two comedians who I am now my best friends with because of that. So, like, But he got me back on stage, number one. Number two, he introduced me to two guys who I work with regularly, who are on my podcast all the time. They're in my crew, my clique, like – and that's because of Adam, you know, so it yeah. was cool. He, So he got married and he moved to Philly. And I remember saying, I was like, this is it. We're never going to see you again. And he was like, no, I'm going to come back every weekend. I was like, yeah, you're going to come back every weekend from Philadelphia to New York. That's going to happen. And it didn't. And I didn't hear from him for a good year. And he was coming down to New York to record some episodes. And he was able to come into my kitchen a few hours before I had Mike Bichetti on my podcast. And it just it worked out. I got to see him again. He's trying to get a comedy show together over in Helium. like, that's the thing. Like, you have comedy clubs by you. Like, that's what I want to start doing now. I want to get on the road, come out to these towns, and play, like, your comedy clubs. You know what I mean? That's what my friends and I are talking about. Because there's only so much you could do in New York. Like, it gets very saturated here. It gets very frustrating. And it, it's very – sometimes it's very futile. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, like – it must be every other day he's pushing me to to keep going with my material and get going with everything too. He's a good guy.
2: Adam, yeah, he is. He's a really good guy. He's also what I like to do with my podcast too, besides like just the uh, the riffing episodes where we just have a bunch of comedians on and just talk shit, uh, I like to do like uh, in depth interviews myself. And I, when Ad, Adam's a retired NYPD police officer, so yeah. I got to sit down and interview him on that. He is a good guy, and like I said, I, even if he wasn't, and I had just nothing but bad to say about him, like he brought a lot of good into my life. So I have to I have to attribute these things to him, you know.
0: Tell us about your podcast. How did you? What's well, called? How did you start I, I actually.
2: I started that, see, like this is around the time where I guess it was my reformation. It was two weeks before I started stand up. I said, I'm a, you know, I love broadcasting. I, like I told you, I, I listen to a lot of those comedians on radio. I love talk radio. I listen to it in many different forms. Like I'm a conservative guy who listens to NPR like daily a lot. I just love uh, the art of, of talk radio, you know, and, um, I said I want to start a podcast, and that was the thing. Is I saw my friends at, at Comic Book Jones doing their podcast before I ever even came on to host it, and I was like, "Oh wow, I could do it myself from home." And I got the equipment, I put it together. It was me and my brother-in-law at the time, and that's how we got the name. I'm Sal, he's aunt. so we called it the Slant. And um, you know, he uh, he had to move on with his life, it, you know, he's not a comedian or a performer by any means, so it wasn't really a priority for him. So I, after like a year of it he had to move on with his stuff and i the guys that i started bringing on regularly as comedian guests became my regulars the guys that i'm with all the time and the show transformed I'm like that i had my wife on the show from the very beginning you know so it's a, it's a very uh, it's an eclectic table and it, it works somehow and i have i'm having a great time with it and we get as many of the as many guests as we possibly could like just from being in the comedy scene, like, I don't know, I had Mike Bichetti on recently, uh, from, he was on Opie and Anthony, he's, uh, been on Louie, and that's just because he lived in Staten Island, I just reached out to him, you know. Um, I don't know, I had a, a producer for, uh, Impractical Jokers, just because I, I met him at a comedy show, he was around, you know what I mean? So, like, that's just really what it is, and every week we get together, sometimes I have topics to talk about, sometimes it's just, there's no plan at all, and we just, well, there's enough talent at the table just to make something out of nothing, and we do. And other times it, I'll just do just me and I'll call it half a slant and I'll uh, talk about what's going on in my life or I will try to interview somebody. We had a my wife and I, we interviewed a six time cancer survivor the other day. He's like he's my age. He's like early 30s and he's had cancer six times since he was like 11 and he survived it all. And I'm like, this is the shit that's interesting, you know, yeah. So that that's really in a nutshell. It's a platform for me to be on to promote my stand-up but also like that's what it is for my friends who are stand-ups it's a platform for them to promote themselves as stand-ups for me it's more than that i love broadcasting so it's just another muscle i get to work another thing i love to do yeah
0: yeah that's how i got my idea too for the podcast because i've been listening to it for a few years and the one podcast that i've been listening to the most has been jay moore
2: yeah uh, with yeah. more
0: stories and that kind of like pushed me to like You know what? I want to start my own thing and just get random people. Everybody has a story to tell. That's my thing.
2: Yeah, there's so much, and that's the other thing too. Is everybody has a podcast now? That's all I ever hear. I don't know if you love doing it. Why the fuck not? I noticed too that like a lot of successful podcasts. They're about things like um, there's very specific areas. Like I saw one about a VCR that was like killing it on iTunes. It's about VCRs, you know. Yeah. Like it's it's cool that we get to do that. You know, I like the name of yours too, the Man Cave. Do you have a man cave? I meant to ask you that.
0: I have a small man cave. Yes.
2: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Like I was just I was always thinking like, do I need a man cave? I don't have kids now. I'll probably eventually need a man cave, right? Like it's is it kind of of a necessity now that you have kids?
0: Yeah, I mean it's. A place where I could record my podcast I wouldn't be able to do it upstairs if the kids are running around.
2: That's you know what uh, my my wife and I when we when we're looking at houses now when we see certain rooms where she's like you could do your podcast in here because it's like away and high up and far away from everything else going on you know yeah um, the coolest man cave I ever saw was a uh, a guy used to work for you on the pizzeria and he he's really into like well all sorts of memorabilia but like Marvel and comic book stuff and his entire basement is like a museum to it like he has a life-size statue of darth vader like that's a cool man cave i don't think i'll ever achieve that you know yeah.
0: like i have some things hanging up i have a, I have my rat pack poster the one where they're playing pool i don't know if you've ever seen that picture
2: yes i have definitely seen that picture And yeah,
0: then i have a ted williams and mickey mantle picture
2: are your kids allowed in your man cave like what are the rules like what do you what do you do for that
0: yeah, they're allowed. Well, only, I only have a little girl. She's two years old. She comes down here plays in the little basketball hoop. And then do you I, have
2: video games set up in there and stuff? I Is do. it an attractive man cave for your kids, you know?
0: Let's just say there's, there's still boxes everywhere. I've been living here for almost three years, and I still got to fix things around down here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I have a boy on the way in October, so it's gonna get a little tough.
2: Oh, congrats! You got a boy coming. Nice. Thank you. I'm worried. I'm wor- So wait, you have one child now, right? You have a girl. Yeah, I have a girl. A lot of people we know have had girls recently, and we're worried that you know, we of course we would welcome a girl, but we want we want a boy, yeah. you know, and I'm worried. Like you know, at least you got it now. Like you don't have to keep going, yeah. you know, if well, you don't want to.
0: I mean, it's funny because like I think most guys they want a boy right away, and I remember, yeah. I mean. I'm not trying to take a story away from you, but I'll just tell the listeners no, real quick. Uh, please. When I uh, when we went to the doctors to find out what we are having, all I kept saying, it's going to be a boy. It's going to be a boy. It's going to be a boy. And of course, it was a girl. And I was like, so like mad that whole day. But now that, you know, this little girl, like I can have the worst day at work. And when I see her after work, it's like the best thing that's ever happened to me, you know?
2: Yeah, because I, I want a girl. I absolutely want a girl, but I I need to know that the, that the seed will be carried on. If you know what I mean, you know what that, I mean. That's, exact, like,
0: that's what I was worried about.
2: The lineage will be preserved. Yeah. I don't know. So but a girl kind of gets, you know, they go to the other side. Whatever family takes them on. This is probably sounds so ignorant to anybody <laughs> listening right now. Um, so what um, what are you planning on doing? Like, you have any material worked out, or are you gonna go up there and you're gonna wing it?
0: Um, i been. You're right, not gonna I, wing it. I can't wing it. I don't think I can wing it for my first time.
2: You should wing it. You're not gonna wing it because who would do that their first time? It's scary. Yeah, I like got it's some, a good... I got Go some stuff.
0: I got some stuff that's written down. I made a mistake where I thought of a couple other jokes and I never wrote them down, and, and uh-huh. now I can't remember them.
2: Oh, uh, it's yeah, it's a thing. What kind of phone you? you got? An, you I mean, have I, a you, you have an that. iPhone. I'm gonna guess because you yeah. have a a Chrome, uh, MacBook, right? Yeah. I'm a Samsung guy. Well, we got the Notepad, Samsung Notes, right? Whenever mm-hmm. I think of something. Right fucking away, you have to get in the habit of this. And it took, took a little while. You pull it out, you open it up, and you put the idea down and as much about the idea as you possibly could. But you also don't want to long form anything. I used to write the entire set out. It's like, uh, not something you want to do. Well, I don't know. Everybody works differently. Now I, I write I, I write an idea down. And then you go play with it on stage. And then it gets cut down or words come out of it. And after doing it a few times, you might have a joke there. you know, <laughs> Or it might not work at all. And then you've got to throw it away. But my, some of my friends still carry notebooks. Like I, I show up to shows or uh, open mics now with nothing. Because there's a couple of things I'm going to do where I have my phone in my pocket. you know. Yeah. But a lot of times, uh, like I don't know, when you start doing longer time, longer than five minutes or eight minutes, like if you do a private gig, it's 20 minutes, you got to learn to play with the crowd. And I remember f- winging it was something I did not do in my first year, year and a half. But now I have a lot of fun with it. I remember being in front of a crowd full of tourists for the first time, doing like New York material. It's not working. And I realized, oh... I gotta just wing I don't know, so a lot of crowds, especially in smaller rooms, they like being in on the joke, you know? So mm-hmm. that's something you'll play with. I mean you haven't even gone up your first time yet. This yeah. is stuff that's gonna it's gonna have to come to you, but just realize yeah, you know what I mean? Like you have these preconceived I just remember. I, I still probably do, but there's preconceived notions you have of what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Just like throw it all away. Yeah. Throw every fucking bit of it away because none of it matters and you're gonna be in front of fucking people who They're all. There's gonna be so many assholes you're gonna meet. You're you're gonna see. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I'm afraid I'm gonna go up on stage and just throw up or something.
2: No, you're not. You're not gonna do it. Was why would you? You gotta remember, it's not gonna kill you. My wife just told me to tell you that you're gonna be neglecting your wife a lot. Yeah, if you pursue this, you spend a lot of time. She's. I've killed comedy for her. She has seen so much of me and my friends. She has seen all our stupid jokes that she doesn't even laugh anymore. It's over for no, but um, yeah. I I saw once at a show a guy got up there. He told two jokes, and like I've been so scared that like I've been pacing, nauseous, like, like uh, very obvious. Like, and none of my friends would look that nervous. Like, I'd be pacing, and people like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" But I saw a guy get up there once, and he told the joke. He looked down at his notes, and he's on a real show, mind you. He shouldn't have notes, but he looked down at his notes, and he just went, "I, I can't do this," and he ran off stage. Like as scared as I've been, I've never done that. Like there's, you're not, you're not gonna, yeah. You know, like they're all, everybody's there to laugh. You're gonna be fine. You know. Have a question for the
0: Man Cave Chronicles? Tweet them now at the MCC Podcast.
1: Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Rhett from the Brain Trust Brothers Network, here to talk about what we have to offer you.
0: If you like listening to interesting people talk about themselves, then check out the Brain Trust Brothers podcast. Every Tuesday, I sit down with someone that I find interesting and talk to them about who they are and what they do. If catching up on the news surrounding Hollywood is your thing, then check out the peanut gallery every Saturday. With interviews from people in the industry to us nerding out about upcoming film, you are sure to get a healthy dose of all things pop culture. If you would like to learn more about us, then check out BraintrustBros.com or follow us on Twitter at BraintrustBros. We hope that you enjoy and stay tuned for what's to come from the Braintrust Brothers
1: Network. Has the universe ever called out to you? Well, it's calling out to you now, and it demands you listen to the Jerk of All Trades podcast. Every Thursday night, Eddie and Ray tackled the absurdity of this world via a cornucopia of topics ranging from hot-button mainstream news, tech, robotics, progressive medicine, UFC, WWE, and so much more. Jerk of All Trades, changing the world, one podcast at a time.
2: This is John Poveromo, and you're listening to the Man Cave Chronicles.
0: My plan is to do it during Christmas break when uh, I have a week off that week.
2: You're and gonna wait till that long? Why are you gonna wait? Don't it's wait.
0: So like can come up with five minutes of material.
2: <laughs> That's the thing is, like you, you don't come up with five. All right, uh, I heard Ralphie May say this once. It's like you, you think you have five minutes, but you like you really, you think you have ten minutes, but you really only have five. Like, there's, if it's open mics, like, you, you're you not preparing for a show. Like, you don't have a job to do. You just, you, you need to get up there as soon as possible and just learn what it's like to be on stage. And that's what the open mic's for. Like, you don't need to have anything. I would just go up there and start talking to people. I would go with what you have because you've never performed it before. So you don't know if you have five minutes. You don't know how to yeah, say it, like, it, you know? I don't know. I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't wait if I was you. Because that's there's another thing I heard. This is one this is really good advice I got. You're never because I did this too. Oh, I'm gonna wait till this You're never gonna wake up and it would be like, oh, this is the right time. Like you're never you got you got to act yeah, yourself into you got to act yourself into positive thinking. You're never gonna think yourself into positive action. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're right because it, for three years I kept saying I'm gonna do a podcast and I never did it until
2: right. Recently. and how weird was it for the first time and now it's just like.
0: Uh, let's see the first episode or two my wife when she listened to it she goes yeah you sound a little bit nervous and now it's more of like i'm just talking away you know like it's
2: you got your voice yeah, yeah exactly I wouldn't wait. Don't wait. Because there's no reason to. Like, you're not going to accomplish anything by waiting. All you're doing is losing time. Like, it's a much bigger deal in your head. I'm only saying this because this is the shit I've gone. Like, my wife has seen me so fucking nervous. I was going to shave once because I thought I had to shave, like, for people to accept me. Like, this is the thing. She'll see the bullshit in it because it's all it is. Like, you're going up there with a bunch of idiots telling jokes. And We think it's so serious like she sees the bullshit in it all the time and she'll tell me that I'd be like no You know what you're talking about? And then when it's over, it's like wow you were fucking right like that was a bunch of Like me being worried for nothing like you know, what I mean yeah. you should just go have fun like that's, that's I always forget to have fun. Yeah, I wanna have fun I forget to have fun all the time like constantly like this like when it goes bad. I'm miserable and she's like I'm not always miserable She's like, why do you like? Why do you do this? She was like, you're constantly miserable. Like, when do you get the fun out of it? Like, when you have a great set, you feel like you're high. Like, you're on top of the fucking world. But if you have a bad set, you're gonna feel bad until you have a good set. And like, I'll go home and it'll keep me up at night. Like, it just it takes a lot out of you. Like, you're in a good. Just go have fun. You're gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. And here's is the other thing. You're forty, right? Yeah. Like, I have friends who are twenty and they're doing it. And like, I always like, oh man, I wish I started at twenty. I'd be ten years ahead of myself. It's like, no, I wouldn't, because I hear like they're doing it longer. Then I've currently been doing it, but I do better in certain rooms because they are kids. Like, they don't have anything to talk about from life. Like, people paying to come see you who have money for tickets, they have real lives, they have jobs, they have families, you know? Yeah. They're gonna get you more than they're gonna get the fucking 20-year-old. Well,
0: that's what I was thinking. I could come up with a lot of material from, you know, being married, having kids, working for all. Oh, yeah,
2: and... fuck yes, yeah. It, it definitely. That's what I'm doing a lot of, like, stuff about being married now. And that's the other thing is I, I did, I remember I was doing the stupid... The competitions, they're always bullshit, but I was doing this stupid competition, and one of the judges liked me. He's like, I liked your crowd work. He liked how I was playing with the crowd and not, not doing any material. So the next time I did this competition because I wanted to win it, I, I was like, I'm going right, to do a little crowd work because he was like, I like that. I did it, and the judge that night was like, I wish you would have did told us more about you, like more material. I had a, I performed in front of a talent agent once who did not accept me, but he, one of his criticisms was he's like, I want to know more about you. I want you to talk more about your life. You know, like that seems to do the guy who won the thing the other night at Broadway comedy club that I wanted to win. The only thing he did, I mean, I talked about my life. I had a lot more, uh, written, uh, tested jokes, but I, I don't know why I feel like he talked about his life more. I don't know if that's true or not. Cause I watched him from the back on a screen. But I feel like he talked about his growing up, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks.
0: Exactly. Exactly. All right. And the last thing that I have on here is um, I have a segment that's called What's Trending. So I'll read – I wrote down a couple of things and let's discuss some of the topics or make fun of them. Uh, okay. So let's start with an older one. This was a couple of days ago or the other day, I guess. Chris Pratt and Anna Faris is calling you quits, and people are crying about it in social media.
2: I don't. My really wife, care. my wife, told me this last night, and my first reaction was, "They t- they they were together like ever." Like Anna Faris was hot when I was like in eighth grade, and uh, she was in Scream, right? Scary. Was movie? she in Scream? Scary she movie. was in Scary Movie, yeah. The, yeah, the parody. And Chris Pratt, I feel like, is like the hot. I don't know when did they fucking get. He could do better than Anna Faris, right? I would think so. He's Chris fucking Pratt. I'm oh, sure. Well, he wasn't nobody till this year. My wife said he was nobody until this year. He was before Guardians of the Galaxy. He was on Parks and Rec. He was the funny dude, and even then, he could have had Aub- Aubrey Meadow. I think. No. What was that her name? Aubrey Plaza. What's the girl from? Hey, uh, Elias, the guy from Parks and Rec. Which one? Uh, the girl, the 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 one that's always like eh, everything's
0: now Tina Fey, right? Uh- No, No, not Tina
2: Fey. Tina Fey was Thirty Rock. You're thinking of Amy Poehler. Yeah. Parks Uh, and Rec with Amy Poehler was the girl, the comedian. She's up, but in the show, she was always just like, "What is it?" Aubrey Plaza, right? Um, Whatever. He could have got her.
0: Uh, let's see. Amy Poehler? No. Uh, here. uh, I'm on it right now. I'm I'm on IMDb real quick.
2: Did did you Google cast of Parks and Recreation? Yes, I did. Uh, I think it's Aubrey Plaza.
0: Aubrey Plaza. April.
2: Yep, that's the bitch. That's her.
0: The next one that I wrote down was, uh, well, I mean, this is kind of an old one too, but we could talk about it. What do you think of the Mayweather-McGregor fight coming up?
2: Uh, hmm, I don't know. Like, I I'm not into boxing. I like UFC. I'll go to my friend's house because he pays for the pay per views and I'll watch it. But uh, when the when the Mayweather-Pacquiao thing was happening, I I had an interest. I'll hear. I'd like to hear the results. I ain't gonna watch it. And then I heard it was a big flop. So I kind of this is also irrational. I feel like there's this connotation now that it's all hype attached to Mayweather. But I don't know. I kind of like McGregor. Uh, I I, I find that interesting. I would watch that fight because I want to know how UFC meets boxing. I want to know how that goes down. You know what I mean? Also, I I didn't realize they do a lot of shit talking in press conferences. I watched that on YouTube the other day while I was sitting on the toilet. And I was like, wow, they're really like fucking going at it. And Conor McGregor really wears a nice suit. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't like Mayweather after that because he would just get up and he would like have the crowd chant to him like, I'm with my boys. Like I didn't like that whole thing, yeah. you know. But I don't know if, uh, if, if I don't know. You think McGregor could back it up? What do you think?
0: Uh, I don't know. It's like I think he can beat him, but if like I can't watch Mayweather box because it feels like he just hugs everybody for like ten. Oh, minutes. you're a racist. I understand. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, I don't know. He's a hugger. He's a hugger. But I can see this thing like. Like me and Adam talked about this. You know, he says that if McGregor's going to knock him out, it's going to be in the first few rounds or in the late rounds because he thinks it's more, you know, cardio better than McGregor. McGregor's, I mean, um, Mayweather. Mayweather's older than him, too, I think.
2: Hey, Elias, did you have dinner with your wife? That's random, but yes, I did have dinner with my wife. All right, because my, my wife just was like, I wonder if Elias had dinner with his like? because I think she's eating. The dinner we had delivered. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: You're, well, you could have waited for me.
0: We're almost done.
2: <laughs> We're almost done, Elias said. Yeah. So. Why don't you share some of that with me? All
0: right, yeah. So I got, only got two more things written down here. Jay That's
2: Cut- fine. I don't mean to rush it. I just thought it'd be funny to throw in what's Jay, going on right now.
0: <laughs> Jay Cutler signs with the Dolphins.
2: I don't. Listen, dude, I've been called un American by my friends in the army who I was in the barracks with. Because I do not follow football. I, I give zero fucks. I'm sorry. I wish I did. I feel like yeah. there's something missing in me that I, I, I'll watch the Super Bowl for the novelty of it. And I'll be like, yeah. this is cool. I cannot get invested in the people and the names and the stats. I just, I don't know. almost, I guess I'm a nerd. I I know I'll tell you everything about Marvel Comics and, you know, where Wolverine's out of came from. But when it comes to that, I could. Wrong with that. So
0: you're, no. I, you're an Italian from New York and you don't care watching the Yankees?
2: yep that too yeah. like I hate when the Yankee game's on and I have a podcast going on and my friend keeps turning around to check the score
0: yeah. and the, uh, the last thing that I wrote was uh, I read today that David Learman is coming back to with a talk show on Netflix is he
2: Yeah. oh on Netflix See that would make sense why not what else is he doing you know he's yeah. sitting home and he's probably got all the money in the world. It's like what Jay Leno did with his cars and his shows and, like, you know, afterwards. Why the hell not? It's like uh, Jerry Seinfeld, you know, comedians and cars getting coffee. That's a great show, well, too. Yeah, why the hell not? That's cool that Letterman's coming back. I Maybe I still have a shot at being on Letterman now. Right.
0: I think it's only, like, an eight-episode thing that he's doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> um... Uh, you want to tell the listeners where to find your podcast
2: and yeah, you know, all thank that you. Stuff I appreciate uh, you giving me the chance to do that. All right, guys, it's called The Slant. You get it everywhere. You probably get this podcast. All right, it's on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Slant Radio, and YouTube. Um, you could look watch our episodes on the internet on the Slant dot com, or you could go uh, at Slant Show on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I think that wraps it up for the podcast, and I will be at Caroline's Comedy Club this Monday, August 14th, 7 p.m. If you want to only pay $5 to get in, if you're in New York listening to this, uh, call 212-757-4100. I will be at Dangerfield's Comedy Club August 21st at 8.30 p.m. and at Atlantic City Comedy Club in Caesars Casino September 2nd at 6 p.m. and 8 p.m and uh if you want to check any of that stuff out just go to at slancho on facebook and you can see all my info there
0: all right well uh, thanks for coming on I hope you come back again
2: i would love to hey this is really cool and uh do me a favor if you know once you got this all exported in audio format uh, mp3 and all that shoot it over to me and i'll put it up on my thing so people could get a yeah, obviously, I'm going to promote the episode, too, but if you want them to hear you, know, hear you on my, my network, I'll right. throw it up there. You know, Just shoot me over the uh, MP3. Sure.
0: sure, sounds good.
2: Hey, thanks again, man. This is really cool. You're a really nice guy. I really appreciate this.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. Follow them on Twitter at The MCC Podcast.
2: We'll catch
0: you next time.